Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. You know what that means. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. It is uh, me and Steph is here. Shout out to Steph. Good to have her here. Uh, we ask that you would slow down and, and listen and um, pray for us as we uh, embark on this topic. But we'll start with the prayer, which you'll hear from Stephanie. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life through your son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. And grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in and through our families. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, Holy Family of Nazareth. Pray for us. St. John Paul II. Pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah, good to be back, guys. Thank you yes, for it your is. patience, good to have everyone, you back. while yeah. we, while we, got, we, hey. while we, we journey this new season. You know, the, the only constant in, in marriage and life, <laughs> life and marriage, life is change. Is change. <laughs> so we've embarked on uh, empty nesting. Was, was it death, taxes, and change? <laughs> <laughs> Whether, you can count on them all. But... Uh, Anyway, hey, so we we were uh, sitting around and and um, a couple things happened. Number one, somebody had asked us um, if we'd be interested in in speaking about um, speaking to parents regarding it, if their children have left the have left the church, and you know, I was thinking, thankfully, to date, and again, everything's. Everything's still in play. Um, none of ours have have done that, but we're trying to look back and saying, okay, what what could we have done? What have we done that maybe has kept them engaged in their faith as they went forward or go forward um, and thought that we might do that? And, and to that end, we went to the UCCB, well, USCCB, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, and they had a five... Um, five things that parents can do um, to do that. And I thought we'd go through that. We have a few other things and, and obviously um, some items that we did maybe practically that might help to do that. I think it's a proactive thing. I think also you have to trust in the fact that, like we said last week, Proverbs 22, 6, you train up a child in the way he should go or she should go or they should go. And they will, in their old age, they will, not turn from it or something like that. I butchered that one again, Thaddeus. <laughs> but it's anyway. okay, Trey. We're going to let it slide yeah. this time. But anyway, but anyway, Maybe I that think needs that's to be our memory verse today. That's right. We might have to do that one. But but it, but to, to that end, we th- I thought that also with Easter approaching and with the liturgy being from the beginning, kind of the teaching tool of the church, kind of it, it's what the church always use to pass on the faith. And with what all is going on this next week of Holy Week, starting with um, starting with Passion Sunday or, or Palm Sunday, mm-hmm. um, through that week is such a great opportunity, both locally and just worldwide, to be focused uh, on this and pick up on some of the gifts the church is giving us in terms of the signs that are given to us there that are teaching opportunities 
that allow um, for them to be engaged and explain why. So, Does anybody know, you know, St. Mary's has been doing such a great job um, this Lent of taking that time before Mass and even during parts of the homily to do um, some teaching on the Mass and why we do what we do. Is that anywhere? I keep thinking about yeah. that question and then I forget to ask Father Will. Uh, um, I believe that it is Other than, I guess, on listening. their Aggie Catholic homilies. Okay. Podcast. So be in the, okay. Because okay. they'll they'll they will have recorded each homily, weekly homily <clears throat> during Lent. But I wonder if they're capturing that five minutes I, before Mass. I think I think so. I thought okay. I heard I that they were. I need to ask that question because that's that good because be it's great been a great resource. That's a great resource uh, if you haven't made it for parents yeah. to be looking at. Yeah. Um, and Edward Tree has a great book. Um, that's. Totally the mass. right now. Yeah, the biblical walk through the mass. The biblical walk through the mass. There, there is a fucking there. Sorry, guys. Man. <laughs> yeah. She's already beat me. She's 1-0. Oh. It was March Madness. Oh, it is March Madness. <laughs> I'd be out. But... Um, <laughs> quick quick sidelight. Were you were you in mass with uh, Father Chris on sat, on Sunday? No, we were in where, Cal- we were in uh, Louisiana. Right, y'all, y'all were out of time. So he started off his homily by saying, "So it's it's a great Sunday because University of Texas they lost in the tournament, <clears throat> and it's a strange thing about being an Aggie where we didn't even make the tournament, but because Texas <laughs> lost, is they're rejoicing." I was che- I was checking on Aggie baseball this week, and anyway, Heard that. <laughs> I got some joy from that too. So. <laughs> You're you're a bigger man. You're a bigger man. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm showing how low I can go. But um, anyway, all right, digressors. Uh, we we totally digress. Um, I'm back to keep you boys on task. That's right. But anyway, um, we love our Aggies. Always. Yes, we uh, do. Yes, we do. And we have one that's one of our own. So yes, and, and one one in one fourth and one fourth. <laughs> so anyway, but the, but we went on we went on the USCCB. Um, and it's entitled Five Ways to Help Your Kids Keep the Faith at Public School. This is tied to public school, but I, I think that really across the board. Um, well, I think the disclaimer is right there underneath yeah, is whether a, your kids go to public school, private school, homeschool. I mean, where, however you choose to school, um, the, it's the, things, the, the faith starts at home. I right. Mean, it's the things yeah. you do at home do, that, really that really count, count. which is yeah. what it was as the subtitle of that. Yeah. And you and you picked up a thing of all places at Bucky's, you know. <gasps> yeah. Yes. What, what is? Yes. It? My new sign. My my sign at my front door died, and um, there was the most awesome sign at Bucky's that said the most important things that we'll ever do will happen within this home, start so, within this home. Yeah. And that's perspective. That's, really cool. that's the right perspective. And um, anyway. One of the most important things you can do is is give your kids the chance to stay Catholic. I mean, you know, you can't make them stay Catholic, um, but you can give them enough information and raise and raise them in a way that would give them enough information to where, you know, I always say, look, I can't make you do lots of things. My only thing I've got to answer for to God is at the end of my life is did I provide you with enough information to know that you could have made the right decisions <laughs> if you listened to me and that that and did what we had coached you to do. And so I think that that's um what we're going to try to talk about today. Um we're we are blessed. We got three and they're freshmen in college and um one junior. One junior in college and then two, and two that are off around. the payroll. Yeah, two <laughs> off the payroll. So anyway, um, I guess we can just jump into these to these five. Um, the first one, which is it's baseball season coming up. We're just uh it says parents step up to the plate. <laughs> so uh Well, and I think in mystery of parenthood language we would say be purposeful. Absolutely. I think that's, to, you know, to kind of rephrase that for us, it's, you know, that again, regardless where your kids go to school, um, what, what education path choice that you, you know, that you make is that during their baptism, we make a promise with the help of the community right. <laughs> to, uh, to raise them in the faith. And so, um, you know, it all, it all does start at home 
And, you know, I think that that what we thought is that it starts like, <laughs> I mean, we, you right, know, I mean, as soon as they could sit at the table and have a meal, it, you know, you had prayer hands. And I mean, from you as had little the sign as of the cross and you had, yeah, I mean, six, eight months old, you, you, and some of that was doing it for them. Um, but I, I've always, you know. we've always thought, I've always thought, okay, so the, the, the sacrament of baptism is efficacious. And if we look at a child from a purely secular standpoint, I mean, with just in a purely material, then, then I could see why you might not be, but I, we always took the stance that, okay, the Holy Spirit is living inside this child and we just need to provide the opportunities for the Holy Spirit to be able to engage the child in what's going on. So we started super early with, from a faith standpoint, saying, hey, we're going to trust that the baptism took, you know, <laughs> that there was, that, that, that what we think happens at the baptism indeed happens, that the Holy Spirit is living inside this child, particularly before, you know, six or seven, before that he's a reason, there's no willful sinfulness. So they're, they're more than capable of doing it. And we, what we found was, is, you know, you see a child, little bitty child, you know, we would show him prayer hands, you know, and then we would show him prayer hands and then we would help him, you know, cross and like then the and we would cross. pray. Of course, it's really them. cute to see how that plays out for <laughs> a two year old, sweet Grace. And I'll never forget, he was so cute. When he used to make the sign of the cross, he would do, you know, his head and then his chest, and then he'd go back and forth from left to right. And it was in the name of the Father and the Son and Holy Spirit. <laughs> I said, Yeah, you do. You need a ferret. <laughs> but I think it I think it's so important to not you know, a lot of people say, Well, you need to wait till they can understand. Well, I mean, I, I think that's probably too late. I think you I think you need to Well, it's never too late. Well, it's never too late, yeah. but it's 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 too late. It's later than it should be, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so, if earlier you haven't started, go ahead. The earlier, the better. Earlier's better. So, <laughs> so embrace it. Step up to the plate and be purposeful from as early as as possible. You don't know what the Holy Spirit's able to um, lead the child through by by just trusting that the Holy Spirit is where He says He is. So, right. um, be purposeful in in that and recognize it's your job as, as parents. And I love, um, you know, in this, in this article uh, under this point, they, they very clearly state, it doesn't mean that we have to know everything. And I think that's, you know, I, I know that's, was my biggest fear is how do I, pa I mean, the fullness of the Catholic faith is just that it is so full. <laughs> there is so much to know. And it's, you know, it's like, you know, drinking water from a fire hydrant. I mean, it can be a little overwhelming, um, but you don't always have to know every answer. And, and I think, you know, phrasing that with kids that, you know what, that's something that I'm, um, I, you know, I want to know the right answer for, our, you know, for what our, our faith calls us to believe. And so show them that you use the catechism or ask your priest, you know, have your priest over for dinner. I mean, that's, that's one of the greatest ways to, <laughs> right. to, to, you know, um, to, to have your kids talk to priests about their questions and, um, you know, and, and to educate yourself, your friends, you know, make sure that you've got, um, you know, a, a set of, uh, you know, strong Catholic Christ centered friends. Our married couples group was, you know, instrumental in helping us to keep our kids Catholic because they were a great, you know, support system for us. Um, so yeah, so don't think that you have to know, um, everything, but you, you do want to show your kids, um, cause you don't want your kids to think that like, you know, it. you want to show them that's a skill you're giving them to, to where do I look if I don't know, <laughs> right. you know, you want them to have that skill because they are going to be questioned at some point, uh, for some, you know, tenant of the faith that they may not know or understand. And so you want them to, you know, either be on their list to call or have them have a, you know, little tools in their toolbox about where they can go to find those answers. Um, I well, I also thought in this first section that they're they're the some of the people they're talking about um, that they did this is something we did to leave you know the Bible around mm -hmm. books on the lives of the saints 
uh, particularly age appropriate. So if they're younger, you know, to have the that Bible. Was yeah, it was a, actually not yeah. a Catholic Bible. It was a it was a little beginner's Bible. It had, um, you know, um, very cartoon character. You know, I mean, it was it was age appropriate. There were cartoon and there um, was characters, no... and but I mean, it the story was the story. I mean, right. you know, our no Protestant theology. brothers and sisters share these same stories with us in 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 the Bible, and so um, it had matching videos, and so it was just a great, um, you know. Re- reiteration and and so cute to have them I mean, it was a simple book and and um and told the story you know in in their language i mean they'll be able to move into a real bible as we used to call it that was what you got for your that was your first communion gift in our house to that you advanced to the um to a real bible but you know picture stories and so that they get the gist of the stories and then when they really dive into the word they'll have that memory of, you know, yeah, of what story. that story was about, you know, just kind of in, in more detail, obviously. But, um, yeah, just the, the saints books, I mean, encounter the saint series is amazingly written and, and, um, you know, um, there's just tons of, of picture books and I mean, you know, ca- any Catholic bookstore or goodness, Catholic websites, we've got, you know, certainly access to, you guys have way more access to stuff than we did. Amazon.com is, you know, your friend, but, um, there's just so much out there that, that, um, you know, we really, we, we did choose to homeschool for, for a certain time. And, and one of the biggest takeaways that I can remember from, the philosophy that we had through this Charlotte Mason, um, you know, uh, um, woman that, that, that had written a ton of stuff on, on, you know, schooling and education was don't have any twaddle in your house. Like if your kid picks up something to read, look at color, (laughs) have it worthy of something, (laughs) faith, literature, you know, poetry. Yes. I mean, introduce them you know, to the things that are good, true and beautiful um, so that they will be able to pick, you know, treasure from trash. You know, um, that's that's what you're trying to to teach them when they're when they're little. But again, being purposeful, look around at what you have available for them and get rid of the stuff that's not. And that doesn't mean that if it's not all Catholic Christian, you know, motif, right. that it's not good. There, there are things that, that are good that that represent virtue or beauty or goodness. Um, so we, we want to make sure that that's the case, but anything that seems that's, as Charlotte Mason say, twaddle, twaddle. <laughs> um, you know, extract that and move and move it on. Um, anyway, so first thing was, again, it was parents step up to the plate. So engage, uh, be purposeful. And then the second one, which I think is really important, um, be pre- be prepared for questions. Um, and so, we first of all recognize when you don't understand something, and promise yourself and your child that if you don't understand something and you can't get an answer, that you'll be a model of when you don't understand something, how do we do that? Hey, well, let's ask father the next time we're at church or why don't we invite father so-and-so over and, and, and do that. Or, Hey, that's probably in the catechism and, and have a catechism around. Um, or maybe it's Catholic answers and you, and you, hey, let's, let's Google that and see so that you can teach them that, that even when you don't know something, and you can't answer it, that that you um, show them how to do it. But I don't know. And, well, and I think too that that um, that this this point took it even a little bit further to talk about. You know, it's not just giving them the answer of what our faith teaches or what we believe, but it's helping them. And I know you've said this a million times, Trey. It's helping them to make that connection um, at a level of where they are. You know. Um, and so to, to, you know, to use a headline in the paper or, I mean, I know as they've gotten older, we've definitely used TV shows that we watch together as a family to talk about, 
you know, moral issues and, and what that relevance is, you know, for us as Catholics and human beings in this world, the dignity of the, you know, the dignity of a person. I mean, there's been all kind of little lessons that we've extrapolated from different things that we've watched or, you know, um, I think it talked about, you know, playground talk, you know, just even asking your kids. I mean, if they're not coming to you with questions at the dinner table, asking them, you know, Hey, what did y'all talk about on the playground today? Or what, you know, what are you in, what are you and your friends like to talk about? Or, I mean, you know, you just, there's all kinds of little nuggets in there, um, that, you know, that you can, you can glean from just spending that time and, and watching, um, I think we've said before, kind of watching for that window to crack a little bit so that you can, you know, that you can fill it with, with, um, um, with what, you know, what our faith teaches us and, and, and what we know, because we don't want faith to be a Sunday thing. You know, faith is not a go to church on Sunday thing. I mean, obviously that is a very big part of it. Um, but we want to be able to carry that, carry the mass through the week. And in, you right. know, I think the one of the biggest things that we can teach our kids is that, that you, you know, everything you do involves your faith, everything, you know, who you are on the playground, who you are in the classroom, um, you know, is, is, uh, is, is, is a, an expression of your faith in this world. It's, it's your, it's your light that, that Jesus has, has you shining, um, in this world. So well, and making I, it relevant for them and making it relevant for, for that, but part of making it relevant, which I think is so critical, <laughs> I, I think is is central. So listen, <laughs> you have to be able to explain to the children why, something is the way it is or why it matters to them. I mean, we can teach our children that God is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three persons, one God. But at some point you have to teach them why does that matter? What what does that mean? Well, it's from that that we understand what love truly is. And and if we say we love somebody, then then it needs to look like that. It's this self-gift and God made us in their image. And so you have to walk them through those things throughout time, extending, particularly as they get older, to what does it mean to be married? You know, that that flows from God's revelation of himself as a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Also, compare that with if God's made in the image and if God made us in his image and likeness, what would that mean if God was a solitary God only, you know, that's all powerful, which God is, but only that, what would, what would that mean for us if we're made in his image and likeness as opposed to Trinity? So those are conversations that I think that's not a one conversation. It's not a sit down in front of them. It's a, this makes sense. And, and this is why it's important to believe that God is three persons, one God. N- not just that they know the facts, but how to apply it. That's all of life. For, to be honest, it's all education should be more than just knowing how to get the right answer. It's how to apply the right answer in human circumstances. That's that's wisdom. That's being truly understanding something, you know, being in a place where you understand something. So there's no difference between math, calculus, English, how do you apply it, and the faith, because there's nothing more important than the faith in terms of gleaning how do we respond in this situation. And so we need to be challenging ourselves to always give the moral reason why. And that actually comes, that is actually central to the way you discipline kids. Cause that's one of the things that we've always, we've always talked about is you have to, as, as a parent to be able to explain the moral reason why you pick up the trash and you put it in the trash, not that you leave it on the sidewalk or, you know, why you don't hit your brother when you want something from him. Not just that you don't do it, but why you don't do that. And those are, those are, it's really important to ask yourself, if you don't know the reason why, then you need to ask yourself, is it important? <laughs> and, and if, because sometimes you'll teach kids something as this is the way it is, and it may not be important. If you can't 
articulate a why, then you need to analyze it. And if it, you do analyze and say it is, there is a reason why you stand up when a lady walks in the room. There is a reason why you look somebody in the eye. It, has, it comes with their their dignity. It's a sign of respect. But it's a sign of your own dignity back to them. All of those things are are ways of teaching the faith that flow from just helping them interact with other people. So, Well, and I think I know one of the things that you and I did early on, I mean, cradle Catholics, we went to RCIA. Yes. I mean, it was an opportunity for us, I mean, to deepen our faith, um, you know, um, and it was a great date night, <laughs> you yeah. know, it had, it had a, uh, it was a, a win-win on a lot of different fronts. So um, did you probably, you probably do want to run that by and make sure they got space and everything. Oh but, yeah. But, now um, I guess, with but, COVID, um, but, but no, I think yeah. there, there's Back either the that, well, no, but, but either it doesn't, that's the point is, is that yeah. find something to be engaged with to just as a couple or as an individual to say, I want to learn why, mm-hmm. you know, I want to learn not just what, but I want to learn yeah. why. And then share those things with your children. Remember, they, they're more is caught than taught. So when they see you doing those kinds of things and making those, you know, taking those extra steps, um, when they see you praying, when they see you, um, you know, engaging in conversation with, you know, um, with people about your faith and what you believe. I mean, those are those are all beautiful examples and models for, um, you know, for your kids. I, I think I've told this story a million times. I mean, that just, you know, being so frustrated when I was a young mom about not having quality prayer time. And, and so, you know, for me, it was kind of this all or nothing, you know, I can tend to kind of be a legalist is this all or nothing thing. And I realized, you know what, what, what more beautiful way to have my prayer time if I don't get up before the kids than to have it when they're up, you know, granted, I, you know, not the best quality, but I think God bless the, God blesses the attempt, (laughs) you know, so, um, just to, um, you know, to, to show them what, what does that look like? What does it look like to have quiet time, you know, in the morning? So, um, so remember it, everything doesn't have to be, perfect no um, and it's it probably better be that it's not perfect so that they <laughs> so they understand that even when it's not perfect it's still the right thing to do there's a couple other things that i thought were helpful that that i guess this this one mother says you know the the younger the child the shorter the answer needs <laughs> to be and that we've brought this up once before so sometimes when they ask a question whether it's about the faith or anything a good question to ask them is why do you, what, 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 why are you asking that? I mean, what's, you know, what, what are you getting at? Because, because I, like I've told this story before, but I think it's, I think it's worth retelling about why that's important. And that sometimes the shorter the answer is better is, um, one of my good friends tells a story of their, of their like seven or eight year old boy coming and, and just walked into dad and goes, Dad, what is sex? <laughs> he goes, yeah, go ask your mother. She probably can help you. <laughs> and then went it went into the mo- to the mother and and uh, I guess he was buying time. And she goes, that's a question your dad needs to answer. And sends him back to the dad. And he asks the appropriate question. Why are you asking that? And he pulls out a piece of paper and says, from school, it had. There's a thing I'm filling out. You know, it's a little and it says it says sex and then it says M or F. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, I could finally answer the question. I, I mean, it was, that's male or female, you know? I mean, uh, might have issues. Anyway, I won't go there. But, but bottom line is, is sometimes the question, the question that's yes. best asked is to ask why they're asking what they're asking yeah. to f- further dr- drill down because you might answer a question that they're not they're either not asking or that they're not um, really age appropriate to to deal with. So if he had responded with, well, you're too young to understand that. Um, anyway, there would have been, there, there could have been issues, but I thought that was funny. And then, and then I think we've already said this, but this same lady also says that there are times when you just might have to say, I'm not sure about that. Let me read about it a little and we'll talk about it tomorrow. And the only thing about that is the kids probably not going to come back and ask you, maybe they do. Um, you need to make sure that that happens. That's being purposeful. If you say you're going to do that, then you best do it. 
and not use the fact that they're not coming back <laughs> to you as, oops, I skirted that one. You need to make it because that shows how important it is. So anyway, number three is teach us to pray. So um, obviously simple things when they're little, you know, to teach them the um, Our Father, the Hail Mary, um, to show them when there's time to teach them this prayer before before dinner, you know, bless us, O Lord, which is, I mean, I love hearing younger kids um, say that. Um, and so... Yeah. Well, I mean, the Catholic faith has just a ridiculous amount of rote prayers for for anything. So, I mean, I think, you know, teaching the St. Michael, you know, the... Um, but also also encouraging them and and I think this is totally by example, you know, um just just you know a, a a spontaneous prayer, you know with with kids while you're driving in the car. I mean, I know you know Trace yeah. talked a lot about that about doing a morning offering in the car with them, and it's not something you have to even memorize. It's just you know what are you offering God today and um just that just that glance toward heaven, you know, to remind them that, you know, before a tough test or, um, or in Thanksgiving for, you know, for something. I mean, I know we always, even with our 27, six year old, you know, we still, when he leaves, we send guardian angels with, you know, with, with he and his little wife, when they get in the, any of our kids get in the car, but they're never too old for, you know, for any of those, um, for any kind of, of, of prayers, um, and again, I think it's so important because we've always said, you know, the mystery of parenthood comes from the idea of mystery, and mystery is not just that we don't know, it's that there's an unseen aspect to whatever we are seeing, touching, tasting. There, there's, there's something that is equally, if not more real about about the invisible as the visible, tangible that we're seeing. And so it's important from when they're little to understand that we're addressing persons uh, that we can't see. So that, that, that in our house, to, to, to constantly tell them, I know there are at least, you know, how many ever people there are, there's at least eight other, <laughs> for us, there's, you know, there was eight, there's at least eight other angels that we know are here because God has promised each one of us a guardian angel. We know that, you know, to address, to, to talk to Jesus, to teach him how to pray, to teach him when to pray. You know, like, so if they have a scary night, if they're having trouble going to sleep, you know, to, to teach them the St. Michael, the archangel prayer or Jesus, I trust in you. And, and, to talk about times when maybe you were scared, you may not have to go into why you were scared, maybe even, you know, recently as an adult or when they were your age and what helped you so that you're, you're showing them a care. I've been where you are. I know what it's like to be afraid. And this is what helped me. And part of that help comes in prayer because we're talking to God, and we know that those angels are, are there with us. And so I, I just think that communicating about prayer also teaches our children something that's very important, that there's more to this life than what we see, taste, touch, smell. There, There's more to this life. And part of the liturgy is this part of that. Well, too. and I think, too, um, just, you know, if kind of going back to the, you know, leaving things laying around the, the, the saint books, I mean, to read about the saints. I mean, you know, I think we all, um, well, I mean, at least maybe I, I know I did, you know, you see these saints on a holy card and you think, oh my gosh, you know, you almost think they're all like, you know, like Mary, they were born without sin and they were just these perfect people that, you know, God gave them extra graces to, <laughs> and that's so far from the truth that, right. you know, um, they, they had struggles and they had, 
um, crosses that that they bore that, you know, so to find saints. Um, and, and I know when the kids are struggling with something, it's so easy to Google patron saint of. <laughs> right. And you'll get a, a whole list of, you know, um, and probably a novena to boot, you know. So um, to to I, I know, you know, that when when we do have those issues with kids, we've we've um, we've done that. And it's really neat to hear now um, that like the kids when they had certain struggles that they did it themselves. They Googled their own, you know, Googled their own Let's patron saint of, for, yeah, for this, for this or, or for that, or, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, again, just to, to use the lives of the saints, um, with our children and, and, to, you know, have them learn and pray. And, um, it's just a, another, another great, great, uh, teaching tool. And, and it is. Tool. And, and it kind of, this extends a little bit further on, on this aspect for everything you teach them, particularly if you know growing up like where they're growing up, that there may be some problems with that, you know, that we pray to St. Joseph or that we pray to whoever, that would also be a, why do we do that and what does that mean? You know, it's important for them, when you teach them that, they'll they'll embrace it. But at some point, if you grow up around where I am and you even bring that up to a non-Catholic, you're going to they're going to get a something and you need to be, you know, looking out ahead for that moment. So you need to be able to say, when we say pray, that pray means to ask. And when we, what we're doing is asking them to intercede, to join in our prayer, just like I would ask you or my friend or whomever to pray for us. We trust that they're in heaven because the church says they're there and who better to ask God than somebody who was there with them. I'll ask you to pray with pray for me as well. Would you do that? And so that 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 needs to be something that's you're out in front of as well. Mm-hmm. So um let's see what is number 4. Number 4 is you know fostering mass appeal. This could be right like out of a Scott Hahn book, step up to the plate. <laughs> There's all there are all these uh different but it's important for them to recognize that you know what it says here, mass is the most public Catholic prayer and building a strong faith requires a regular and engaged presence in the pew. Um, it can be challenged to keep kids going and interested in mass during different developmental phases, but it's still a responsibility that rests squarely on the parents. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that always happen. You know, we, I would always say, I would, when, when the kids were younger, I would, this is what I would say, we get to go to mass tomorrow. I mean, there was never a, we have to, uh, we need to, it was always, we get to go to mass and, and then to communicate over and over again. I love to go to mass because, and again, stemming off this invisible world that's out there, because when I'm there, I'm in heaven, I'm at the foot of the cross. I am with those who've died and gone before me, like my mother and, and my grandparents who I love very much and I miss very much. Why wouldn't I want to go? I mean, it doesn't even compute. And I just don't ever remember. Um, I don't, even though there are things and it's true, we have an obligation to go, but it's like, I have an obligation to stay married to my wife. I mean, you just, <laughs> Okay, I got to, Steph, <laughs> you know, or I've got you, you have to, I mean, you, you, you know, it is true that it's an obligation, but we got to get them to fall in love with the obligation, just like we want people who are married to fall in love with being in love and choosing to love and that that's what, that's what happens. So we want to foster mass as being a special And I think we've talked to about before about, um, you know, when the kids were younger, um, going to daily mass, I I really feel like, I mean, I I don't have any statistical evidence to back that up, but I really feel like that was a, a great practice ground, if you will, because daily mass is only 30 minutes. So they kind of get a rhythm of what the mass you know, looks like and feels like and, and sort of the order. I, I, I just firmly believe that. And so on Sundays when it was a little bit longer, they sort, you know, I just felt like they kind of knew where we were and, and, and the rhythm of how things were going to go. Also, we always thought sitting 
closer to the front rather than the back. Um, our kids always misbehave more in the back than they did in the front because they couldn't see. They couldn't see what was going on. And if children are getting distracted, there are way too many things to point out to them in the church, the statues, the the um, uh, the tabernacle, the sanctuary lamp, the, you know, the stations of the cross. I mean, there's always things that you can point to and quietly be, you know, whispering and teaching um, to your children. Also, we had a special mass pack. It was only came out for mass time. They didn't get it during the week. They, you know, it was just their little um, pack that they took with them, you know, of special things. There were all mass saint Catholic related, um, you know, that they that they took with them um, uh, to church. Uh, when they got a little bit older, we did, you know, the cash and commandments at mass and we let them write them and, and, you know, and talked through, what do you think, you know, how do you think we ought to behave in mass so that there was a buy-in from them in, you know, in early, early uh, elementary school. Um, and also I think it's so, the, I think one of the most important things is know your child's schedule. If they have to have a snack at 10 o'clock in the morning and they are hungry and then 10 o'clock mass is not your mass. <laughs> right. Or if they can, if you can get a snack in at nine 30 and they're good, then, you know, but uh, you know, the, just know your kids um, schedule and what is going to, what mass is going to be the best opportunity for success from them. I know right now we have um, a, our seventh son and his wife, they, they get to 10 o'clock mass at about nine fifteen, and she runs them in the courtyard and gives them a snack before 10 o'clock mass so that they are able to, you know, to sit through mass. So that's one of the adaptive things that they've done. So is he a seventh son of a seventh son? Yes. <laughs> Just curious. He's the seventh son of a fourth of a four of there's only two sons, I think. Yeah. There were just two sons. And, yeah. a, and a, yes, he's the, the, the young man that was raised by another mother. <laughs> yeah. He was my easiest child. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So but yeah. So just looking at, you know, um, set them up for success. Yes. You know, yes, for yes. example, I mean, even things like you'll find that they'll sometimes will ask to go to the bathroom. And then that, if you don't again, say, Hey, listen, you know, I'm not saying you can't, we need to talk through it, but we need to be ready for, for that. We don't need to be getting up every time. So you've well, got to coach becomes, and you yeah, got to coach and, and counsel them on the front. To make sure to remember that, you know, on the yeah. front end, <laughs> I'm just saying there's things that you know can happen. So if you, if you having a problem, you know, how would be the best way to, to get mom and dad's attention if there's something going on or if you need to say something, I mean, what what's the appropriate way to get mom's attention during the mass <laughs> or dad's attention? I mean, hey, you know, it's probably not a good one. But I mean, so so you're coaching along and that's why I think the daily mass is so important is that you can do it in a small window and you can teach them and then and then you can, you know, you kind of get the main elements of the mass and you can help them through it and it's not so long and you're teaching them that. So always make it, you don't have to make it a reward every time, but if they do well or if they do something better this time, then make sure when you walk out in your home, Hey, that just, I noticed how well you handled that or whatever. Um, when they're younger, I mean, someday you're going to be able to receive Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Those type of things that get, they gain some ex excitement and that you should be teaching that they should be excited about that. So, um, anyway, was there anything else on that? On that one? That was, yeah, I think that was pretty close, but anyway, yeah. And, and then teaching them about the mass, like, like I said, you know, as they're older for them to be able to listen to, to what they're doing here at St. Mary's on, on their little instruction during Lent on the mass, go and learn from that and, 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 and let them, understand more because it does make a difference there's so much during the mass that is meant to be a sign or a symbol that if you help them with the sign or symbol then you can extract and they can chew on it some more with the help of the holy spirit and your direction and the church's guidance that will help them draw closer to that so anyway so number five uh where the rubber meets the road um 
So, you know, it starts with young people learn not only from their parents, but also from other caring adults within their families and faith communities. These adults can underscore the importance of living their faith by what they do in everyday life. Um, I think, again, it's just that it's just that taking that faith, you know, taking that (laughs) taking that Sunday mass and 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 living it um, is is all week. You know, how does our faith? Um, play out? What does it look like to use your faith in, you know, in, in your everyday life, not just, not just the, the church going Sunday, you know? I, I um, like the point that they make here and we've brought it up plenty of times. And I, and I think it is so critical to teaching your kids to quickly um, apologize when they do something is when you make a mistake, you know, we always name it and claim it. Like, so I did not handle this situation the way I should have. I yelled at you. So as a parent, I I yelled at you when I shouldn't have, or I assumed something bad had happened instead of asking you beforehand or whatever. And that, will you please forgive me is the quicker you can learn as a parent to model that you will be amazed because I've actually been amazed at how quickly, particularly as the kids have gotten older, when they do something, how quickly they will turn because I think we modeled it. And then we required it of them when, when it happened, teaching it, that it becomes second nature, so to speak. And it, and it shows us that there is something in life that we're called to. There's a way we should act. And then there are plenty of ways that we should not act. And we should always be, looking at our actions in light of what's true, good, and beautiful. And we as parents and they, they as children make mistakes, and that's part of it. We are sinners, <laughs> and that we are um, willing to recognize that and show them that. And I don't ever want my kids to think I'm perfect. Right. I mean, I, I want them to know I'm a sinner. There's one who is perfect. But we need to also acknowledge that we are trying uh, we are working with the help of God's grace. So confession, uh, getting to confession regularly, teaching them about that, teaching them how to, how to respond to one another when, when boundaries are crossed that shouldn't have been crossed or whatever, that we should teach them that. But then also remembering, too, that, you know, again, our example and, and our modeling um, is so important. And I'll never forget when I heard um, this example many, many years ago of, um, uh, you know, what we kind of consider a little white lie, (laughs) maybe, um, you know, maybe somebody calls and the kid answers the phone and you don't want to talk, you know, you really don't want to talk to that person. So you tell them, tell them I'm in the shower, you know, it's like for a child (laughs) yeah, that, you know, that, that can be a detrimental um, example, um, you know, are you're being, you know, you're not being a model of truth and I, you know, and, and it sounds like a little thing. Um, but I, I think that, you know, those things can kind of build on each other. And so just to be really careful about, you know, um, I mean, you know, you, you, we always teach our kids to tell the truth, you know, well, that can be confusing for a child that, you know, um, right. And I think that's, yeah, yeah. So the rubber meets the road in real events and, yeah. and you have to show them and you have to be willing to say, I, I shouldn't have done that. So if you've done that before, then say, you know, I probably shouldn't, I should have just told them, yeah, I Hey, can't I can't right talk now. right now. Yeah. I, I can't talk right now. I've got some other things I've got to do right now. Um, but it's funny. I mean, I grew up where that, the, the white lies were pretty regular. <laughs> um, and so it just became like, Oh, there's things that you can just not be truthful, but, but to teach them that, yeah, no, everything that we do is something that God sees it all and he loves us and he wants what's best for us, but we need to try the best we can, um, to do that. So, and just building, it just talked also in this, in this, under this, um, point just about, you know, building a tradition, I guess, of service and, you know, it doesn't always have to be, um, you know, uh, the organized, 
you know, an organized church thing. I mean, if you've got a neighbor that's shut in or someone who's sick or, you know, um, a, a new mom, a, a ba- you know, a, a mom with a new baby. I mean, those are bring your kids along. I mean, you know, um, have them help you make the cookies or have, you know, um, and tell them what you're doing and why. Um, so I think that, you know. Um, is, is cause I, I think a lot of times, especially with large families and, and very young kids, it's, it's hard to do, you know, kind of the more, what I would call organized, um, events, you know, of service in the church, but there's many ways that we can, that we can serve one another and, um, just, just, um, helping your child to recognize that and to include them however you can, um, is, I think is a, you're just being another, again, a good model and a good example for, for uh, for them for the future. All right, so I'm going to go go through them real quickly. Parents step up to the plate. Step up to the plate. Number one. Number two. Uh, be prepared. Be prepared for questions. Number three. Teach us to pray. Number four. Uh, fostering mass appeal. And number five, where the rubber meets the road. Those are the things that we do to try to keep our kids Catholic. Um, engaged in the faith. Engaged so in the faith. I think I'm going to um, uh, help Trey with his Deuteronomy 6. <laughs> That'll be our memory verse. Well, I did 22. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, you You're did? Right. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, well, I was doing But I couldn't Deuteronomy do that one either, so just go ahead. <laughs> just want to interject that last week, Trey nailed the Bible quotation. <laughs> Trey usually nails it. <laughs> At least he nails the gist, <laughs> and he knows where it is. <laughs> As good as a Catholic can do, right? (laughs) (laughs) Deuteronomy 6, 6 says, Keep these words that I'm commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you're at home, when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and your gates. And I think, you know, that's just... um, I think in a nutshell, that's just living the faith. It's where the rubber meets the road and where we try to take what we do on Sunday and stretch it out all week. Remember, only God can help you take the mystery out of parenthood. Pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. And he will. He will. God bless you. Pray for us. Pray for you. Bye. From the cross to the